0: Welcome to Lesson 36 in our Old Testament Bible History series. We will learn in this story how Moses intercedes for a rebellious people. But before we begin, I have a question for you. When is the last time that you have had to ask a parent, a teacher or friend for a second chance? Think hard about that time. How long did it take for you to disobey your parents after they gave you the first instructions? We are not so good at obeying the first time, are we? Knowing that, maybe we'll understand how Israel could have rebelled like they did in this story. Let's move to our story then. After Moses disappeared up the mountain, the people waited and watched for his return. Night came, and Moses didn't return. They waited the entire week, then another week. Now the people began to get nervous and thought something terrible happened to Moses. They were convinced that Moses had died. The people sadly forgot that God was their deliverer and not Moses. The people went to Aaron with an idea. Aaron, they said, we have no idea what has happened to Moses and don't think he'll be coming back to guide us. Make us an image of God to go before us. Aaron weakly gives in to their demand. Aaron collects their golden jewelry, it's melted down and he carves a golden calf. The golden calf is placed on top of an altar. Aaron speaks to the people. People of Israel, there is your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. They planned a large religious feast for the next day. The people were starting a bad habit of looking at the customs of the nations around them and wanting to be like them. They wanted to have a God they could see. They wanted to dance around this idol at feasts. And so here they are. Soon the people are laughing and dancing and rejoicing and going in circles around this golden calf, singing... This is our God who led us out of Egypt. Moses, in the meantime, has been up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. God commands Moses, Descend the mountain, for the people have spoiled everything. They have made themselves a golden calf and are worshipping it. They can no longer be my people. Stand aside, Moses, so that I can destroy this people. I'll start over with you, Moses, and I'll make you into a great nation. Moses immediately fell to his knees with this news that God would start over with him and make him into a great nation. He fell to his knees begging the Lord to show mercy to these people. He reminds God that these people belong to him. Their destruction would allow other nations to mock the one true God. O God, he prays, remember thy promises that thou hast made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses showed his faith in God by not trying to provide excuses about what this people did. But he reminds God of his great promises. God's promises are from God, so they are holy and unchanging. When Moses came down from the mountain and entered the camp, he could see the crowds of people bowing down before the golden calf, singing and dancing around this image. Moses was holding the two stone tables with the law written upon them. And suddenly, he smashes them against the rocks. Everybody could see by his actions that he was kind of saying, Do you see how I have broken the tables of the law? You also have broken the covenant with the Lord. Moses walked straight for the golden calf and knocked it off its pedestal. He crushed the golden calf into powder and then into their water supply. The people were made to drink this water, showing that they had to accept the consequences of their sin. Aaron, sadly, offers a very weak explanation for all these events. Next, Moses boldly challenged the nation of Israel to step forward If they were on the Lord's side, the whole tribe of Levi had a clear conscience because they had not worshipped this image. Moses commanded the Levites to go through the camp and punish the people. That day, three thousand of the people were put to death. The next morning, Moses talked to the people about this. He said, you have sinned against God. You are no longer deserving to be his people. But I will speak to the Lord for you, and perhaps he will forgive your sins. Moses went back up the mountain slowly, thinking deeply. He was thinking constantly about the serious guilt that Israel had brought on themselves by rebelling against the God who had been so good to them. By this, we can tell that Moses really loved these people, and he was very worried about them. Moses was not a selfish leader. We can hear this when he prayed, Lord, put their guilt on me. Kill me for the sin of the people, but please forgive the people. This request is refused by the Lord. Moses could never pay for the sins of the people. He was a sinner too. Each person will have to bear or carry their own guilt. God announces that his presence will no longer go with Israel. You can imagine that any more rebellion by these people would end in their total destruction by God. God still, mercifully, promises them divine help to overcome their enemies. You can read this in the first few verses of chapter 33. In verse 7, it says that Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it outside of the camp. This is not the tabernacle that we have been learning about in the past couple of lessons. This was a tent where Moses would meet with God. When Moses entered this tent, the cloudy pillar of God's presence came down on top of it. Let's read verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. This is really humbling because Moses has a direct conversation with God. Moses pleads with God to renew their covenant relationship. Moses intercedes for the people and reminds God that they are His covenant people. God reassures Moses that my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Moses then asked to see God's glory. Moses was blessed to be able to see God as no one has seen him before. But even then Moses was not able to look directly at God and live. As God's glory would pass by, then Moses would be protected by God in an opening of the rock. God would protect Moses from being consumed by the great majesty and power of God's glory. When God showed himself here, he reminded Moses of his mercy, his compassion, and his justice. God's mercy and his justice are two key characteristics of God, We'll talk about them at the end of this lesson. Once more, God wrote the Ten Commandments on the two stone tables. When Moses came down the mountain again, the people could not stand to look at him. He had been so close to God that his face was shining with his glory. Moses had to cover his face with a veil. But the Israelites could hear him, and they listened carefully. When they listened to Moses, they could hear something of the love of God for them. God forgave Israel in a way that was better than Moses. God loved Israel even more than Moses did. The Lord would give them new tables of the law. The Lord would still go with them to the promised land of Canaan after all. The people were still God's people, but they knew that they did not deserve to be. Let's draw a few connections here from this story to us today. Why did God include this story in the Bible? Let's just look at two things. First, we will look a little closer at Moses praying for the people of Israel. By now, I don't think you will be surprised that Moses is an example of the future Messiah, the Christ. Both of them were a mediator for the people. This means they were standing in between God and the people. Moses was not allowed to enter the tabernacle, but the Lord Jesus has entered heaven and is at the right hand of his Father praying for his people. Maybe you are curious if they're different in any important way. Well, let's read in John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Israel was privileged way more than any other nation because they had something no other nation had. They had God's word, the law that came through Moses. But then in the New Testament, God's word, the Son of God himself came showing grace and truth. Also in the first few verses of Hebrews three, we learn about another difference. Both Moses and the Lord Jesus are described as very faithful in the work they were given. Moses was faithful faithful as a servant, but Christ was faithful as a son. Moses was the servant, and Christ is the master. Moses was very special as the representative of the king, But the king himself is far more glorious. Second, we will look a little closer at who God is. And this time, it will be God's own description of his character to Moses. Please read along in Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. There it says, The Lord... The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty. In this verse, God says about himself, I am merciful to sinners, and will not let sin go unpunished." These verses are repeated in many places in the Old Testament, at least six times. They are an important description of God's character, because it is a description from God Himself. Let's look briefly at two of God's characteristics those of justice and mercy. God's justice is clear in His law and in His actions. God's rewards and His punishments are perfectly right. Everything God does is fair. God's justice means that He punishes wickedness. God's justice Also means that He rewards righteousness. God's grace and mercy are those characteristics that show God as compassionate and generous to sinners. God's grace and mercy protects sinners from His wrath and justice. God's grace and mercy are at the heart of the covenant that He made with Israel. And so here we learn in God's description of Himself that He will be merciful to sinners and He will for sure punish sin. So maybe you have a question Was God just in this story or was He merciful or was He both? God did not punish the sins of the people. In fact, In chapter 32, verse 14, it says God relented. God decided not to bring justice against the people right at that moment. He didn't forget about those sins or simply pretend they didn't happen. No, that would not be justice, that would be injustice. God decided to show his mercy at this time. God delayed justice at this time because he knew that his son would come and perfectly satisfy his justice. I think Romans 3 verse 26 is a hard verse to understand, but I want to read it with you to show you that this comes from the Bible. Let's read it together, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Romans is hard, but it's true. Let me say it in my own way, especially at the end of this text where it says that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Let me try it in my own words. God's design in the death of His Son was so that God could be seen by everyone to be just or righteous. But the design was also so that God could be the one who justifies those who trust in His Son. Can I say it another way? How could God show mercy grace, and love to these rebellious Israel sinners while still punishing their sin. God looked at the sins of Israel and knew he had to punish their sin. He just had to. He's holy. That punishment would completely consume them. But he also wanted to restore this people into a relationship with him, to show them his love and his grace? How could he do both? The answer is Jesus Christ and his life, death and resurrection. Christ's death allowed God to be righteous because sin was punished. Christ's death also allows God to declare a believing sinner to be righteous. So, in this story, God's character is described both as just and merciful. And we have been witness to a wonderful display of God's grace and mercy toward his people Israel. This brings us To an end of our lessons on Exodus, this book is about a people being saved for God's glory. Our next book, Leviticus, will be about how God will allow this sinful, rebellious people to be in a good relationship with him again.